Listen. 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 Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. To spoken words and ambient sounds. And ambient sounds. Together, they tell a story about people and place. About plants and animals. The animals. Those are the voices I hear. About the ecological relationships within New York City. During a time of rapid change. And the way they all resonate as an interwoven network of vibrations. Welcome to the Sound Scene. Ecological stories told through sound. It was a personal um, passion project of mine. The Black Bean NYC start the page and start highlighting all of the businesses I wanted to go to, going there, getting the feel, trying the coffee, talking to the owners, um, seeing the neighborhoods and all of that stuff. You know, it started from there, so. Today's storyteller is... Hand with Bracey, the Black Bean, HB, King, you know, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> First of all, I start off with a good, a good bag of coffee. I like to look into the bag, see the design of the bag, see what uh, country it's from, see who my money's going to and going towards to help as far as like sustainability. You want to get the best coffee, but also use the best product the best fair product. So look for sustainability as well as taste. So I weigh it on the scale. Weigh about 30 grams of coffee, maybe 40. You grind your beans. You put your beans in the filter and sit it on top of the scale. Sometime in my mind, just like, all right for this amount of time, 30 seconds versus another 30 seconds versus another. You know, as soon as you pour the first one, I, sh I shake it up, shake the coffee bed up. I get some oat milk with that, and then, boom, I can make some oat milk. That's my morning. One cup at a time.
I love that sound, that feeling, just hiring them in the shop. Good vibes, good energy. It's like a feeling of uh, like comfort, say a comfort sound. I've been going to coffee shops in New York City since about uh, 2012. I'm a face of this coffee culture movement that's going on now that a lot of people, you know, might not even know about. Around that time, 2020, you saw a lot of places shut down and you couldn't really go anywhere. A lot of protests, a lot of racial tensions in the city. I felt like it was important to highlight businesses in the black community, especially that were hit hard around like the pandemic time and all of that. I started to look for different spaces that I feel comfortable in with different shops throughout the city and the inclusive shops that I felt like comfortable staying around. Just like, I guess that feeling of home right there. I want people to find those spaces. It's more than a coffee, just like a, a safe space to create ideas, to brainstorm. Just where a, a, a gathering space where like-minded people are able to get together and, um, you know, and just feel at home, feel comfort. One cup at a time. come from a long line of like people that's always been progressive and moving forward with and fighting for the right side. My mom's a teacher, my grandmother was an educator. My mom would do a lot of uh, protests in the 60s and stuff like that, go to DC with my dad. So then as far as black businesses, that's in my blood. And so just in general, I always was taught to support the community. We're not gonna take just like, uh, take things as they are. We're, we're gonna try to make things better. You never should look at yourself or your community, how the world views you. A lot of times the way I've felt in a lot of coffee shops, just in different neighborhoods, depending on where you are, like whether they think you should be there or not when Literally anyone should be here. If I'm buying coffee, why shouldn't I be here?
And especially being an African-American, a black person in America, if you don't know your history and where your people come from, you're liable to take anyone. You know, it's, it's a lot of negative stuff that you can form a lot of self-hate from. I was always taught to know your history, know that, you know, you come from greatness and you will be greatness. The Greensboro Four was a sit-in for black people went into the coffee shop and refused to leave. It was a Woolworths counter. I have that spirit for real. Cause they were like, F it. They asked for coffee, which was dope. That was the part of history. They asked for coffee and didn't get up. It's always been that way with the fight for civil rights and people of color and stuff, but now it's like, we don't want y'all spaces. Like, it used to be like, people be like, can we get a seat at the table so we can get, you know, their table? Now they're like, F your table. We want our own, we're creating our own. That's the, you know, we don't care about the table. We don't want to see that. We have our own counterculture and own coolness. That's where, I feel like that's where it's going on now. One cup at a time. Like downtown Brooklyn and just hanging out there, but then I would see this coffee shop drip. They had pour over and just the shot was so cool. And then the owner was so cool, I put it on my page, and he's always been like, reach out to me if you want anything or just try to help or any, um, you know, anything that I need in the coffee community because he's been doing it for a while. And he started with a coffee cart, just like a little small coffee cart, making pour-over coffee in the park. It looked like sometimes he was at Fort Greene. So he built his thing up from doing a coffee cart and stuff like that, and he inspires me a lot. Wherever you live, you should add to it. And that is the thing about New York. Like, a lot of people come to the city and just want to take, 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 take. Like, that's a city, but that's a lot of people's mentality. I always see what I can provide and give back to the community because I just see how the, um, the poverty versus, like, the rich versus poor versus, like, you go to one street, it's million-dollar houses. You go to another, ceilings are leaking the problems of the city and like the struggle and like the people that live here like I, I want to um you know provide hope and just actually help people and like not just take one day I'm gonna go by the train station and just make people coffee they're just getting to the going to the train and just seeing how they doing and that's part of the community and I do that just you know just cuz just to, I can make somebody's day better it's small but it's big just like little steps push the big steps One cup at a time. There's the, the coffee community, and then there's like the black coffee community. It's even smaller. Like even in my own community of Canarsie, like just um, 
that's another thing that I want more like in those type of neighborhoods to get more people interested because a lot of people don't think that coffee shops are a black thing so I'm here to say it is and it's a product that's grown by you that comes from you coffee was started in Ethiopia and Yemen those are like one of the first civilizations it's a couple stories one says the goat herder was throwing beans into the fire and then it started to you know crackle up and then there's another story saying that the goat herder was wondering why his uh, goat was so excited with the energy and it was eating those red beans what do these red beans do so then they started to roast them and then boom some of the first uh, coffee is grown in the most perfect atmosphere the perfect heat plus the perfect moisture equals the perfect beans and it grows in a specific area by that I mean nine times out of ten you're getting your beans from a black or brown country Ethiopian Jamaica Hawaiian Colombia picking them open them cleaning them to roasting them Ecological is more than just like where it's being grown. Like ecological is in like it's uh, part of the social aspect as well. You know the hard work that it came to your cup, it came to your neighborhood, and then the shops, you know, the little fun coffee shops that's in all your neighborhood. People don't even think about that. So one num number one, I would say, that I love about coffee is the people, the people behind the coffee that actually get it to the whole world that people forget about. Second thing I like about coffee is the, the ritual aspect of it. I like that it brings together people. As I was growing up, my mom would always start off the day with coffee. She's sitting at the table like, how y'all day doing or what y'all about to do? So it's so important in so many people's lives. And it's just like, a, a it's just as far as pulling people together, like a conversation starter, like if you, see any of your friends now you haven't seen in a while you see anybody you're like hey you want to get some coffee you know you might not even want coffee but it's just like a way to connect that's another aspect that i love about coffee just that connecting people it's part of like moving forward the coffee but also like progression in society with accepting different cultures and accepting people for who they are and not judging who you are. Coffee is the vehicle. Like, you know, I didn't really, um, I didn't even know it was gonna be the vehicle. Like, I do so much stuff, but this is one, this is the vehicle that's gonna, you know, help, help everybody, help cultures and different stuff like that, one cup at a time. You sit there, you drink a cup of coffee, and you just figure out, like, oh, where does this coffee come from? I'm a face of this coffee culture movement that's going on now that a lot of people, you know, might not even know about. I mean, I've been concrete my whole life. I've been, a, you know, I dealt with a lot of stuff. I'm the type who's gonna find a rose in the concrete. 
how can I change anything to make it better? One cup at a time. Good energy, good vibes to whoever's listening. Shout out to them. The Sauna Scene is supported by Humanities New York, the NYU Center for the Humanities, and the NYU Graduate School of Arts and Science Music Department. Our production team is a collective of environmental humanities scholars and artists, including Elizabeth Fricke, Bailey Hilgren, Constantine Velasquez. Original music by Annie Garland, aka UCC Harlow. Mixing by Ewan Lai Tremuen. And voiceover by me, Elizabeth Geist. All proceeds from today's episode will be donated to Together We Thrive Coalition. If you would like to support this podcast, have an ecological story you'd like to share, or would like to learn more about the topics of today's episode, please visit our website at www.thesaunascene.com or check out our social media pages at The Sauna Scene. Thanks for listening.